MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It is our number two of the Greg Peterson experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. And a big welcome to anyone that might be listening on Sports Map Radio as well. VSIN and Sports Map Radio, nice little affiliation here. And one that I am very, very proud of. I actually use in turnover at Sports Map Radio. So it's like coming full circle. And VSIN is coming at you. It's for so many great stations like. Hawaii Sports Radio, 760 KGU and 95.1 FM out there in Honolulu, Hawaii. You are listening to the best sports betting news and information network from the sports betting capital of the world, lovely Las Vegas. I sit here at the Circus Sportsbook. So welcome to the VEASAN family and the Greg Peterson Experience. And in about 15 minutes, the Greg Peterson Experience is going to be welcoming on Danielle Vari. She does amazing work for us over here at VEASAN, does some great work with DraftKings, does great work with the UCLA Bruins as well. We're going to be taking a look at some college basketball with her. We're going to be taking a look at quite a bit of college basketball action here in the front half of the hour because now with college football done, the main form of college sports, it is college basketball. And for anyone that's a fan of college baseball, not something that I've handicapped a lot, but that is always great entertainment as well. What we see in Omaha every year, I'm a big fan of that. Maybe I'll need to get into that a little bit more this year, but that's it. Right now, we're dealing with college basketball, and we're going to be joined by Danielle in about 15 minutes and about 30 minutes. Jason Weingarten does a great job with the Wide World of Weingarten podcast. He is going to be joining me. We're going to be taking a look at some general futures that 
Zhang, and we're going to be taking a look at this week in terms of the NFL wildcard matchups as well. So we've got a great hour on tap, and that leads us into my DK Nation pick for this college basketball Tuesday. Unfortunately, fell short with Alabama State. Monday's card, I'm going to call it what it is. It was probably the worst card that we're going to be getting up until Selection Sunday. You know, really didn't have any power conference teams whatsoever. Typically on a Monday, it's a little bit more barren, but at the same time, you typically get like one or two like Big East, Big 12 matchups. We didn't get any of those, so that was a little bit rough. Now we've got ourselves a nice slate of college basketball action for this Tuesday. I think that we've got a team that is a road favorite that shouldn't be quite as much of a favorite as they are. We go with 617, 618 on the board. How about the disappointing Dayton Flyers sitting the road to face off against the Fordham Rams? Fordham is between a 6.5 to a 7.0 underdog. Your total is between 129.5 and 130. And my right up here is going to be on the Fordham Rams catching 7. I feel like this line should be closer to 2.5. And, and the biggest reason why is who's going to be bringing up the ball for Dayton? That is a big question. They've been without Kobe Elvis along with Malachi Smith really ever since their Battle for Atlantis tournament in late November, and they don't have a single guy that gives you more than three assists per game. They've got a guy that has the nickname Mongolian Mike. I cannot pronounce his last name, and I am not going to try to. He's been versatile. He's been able to give the team seven points, three assists as a little bit of a six foot seven do-it-all sort of point forward for this team, and they are very dominant down low. You've got Tumani Kamara along Dayron Holmes, Combining for about 17 and a half rebounds per game. Holmes is able to give you a little bit over two blocks per contest and is shooting in his own right about 40% from three point range. Shumani Kamara, not as much of a bomber from three point range, but he's able to give you some good production on the glass. He's done a solid job for the team all season long. Mustafa Amzil, got to give him a little bit of credit where credit is due. Ten and a half points, five rebounds. He's able to shoot it well from three point range, but for Dayton as a whole, they're shooting 31.7% from three. And in a road and neutral court environment, this lowers to 28.9% from three-point range. And while Dayton is very good on the glass, Fordham, I don't know if they quite match them, but they're going to be relatively on par. And Fordham has the matchup advantage in the backcourt. We'll hit up on that first with Darius Quinzenberry, a fifth-year guard that is shooting 39.5% from three. He is the best peer scorer in this game, 17.8 points, 3.5 boards, a little bit over three assists, and a steal per game. And on top of that, you're able to throw in there Antrell Charlton done a nice job as Mr. Swiss Army Knife for this team. He's able to give you eight points, three and a half boards, 1.3 assists, 4.3 assists per game, and he does a very good job of just helping dole out the ball for the team, but with both of these teams, they rank number 22 and number 23 respectively in terms of two-point field goal shooting percentage, and it's actually Fordham who has been able to block more shots than Dayton. Fordham, eighth in the country in percentage of shots that they face that they're able to block as they've been able to get a combined nearly three blocks per contest out of Retrov Notkovsky along with Abdul Sambilia. Sambilia has been able to give you seven and a half rebounds, 2.3 blocks per contest. Norfitovsky has been able to give you more around 1.6 blocks per game. Yes, they gave me some very difficult last names on that one, but they've been able to do a solid job. And then they bring in Khalid Moore. He comes in from Georgia Tech. For this Fordham team, he's been able to deliver 14 points, a little bit over six rebounds, steal and a half per game. This is a hard-nosed Fordham defense that ranks in the top 50 nationally in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. For that matter, top 40 nationally in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. They, Dayton, they themselves are a top 25 team in terms of defense, but the clear backcourt advantage, it does belong to Fordham. And if this game is late, 
and it comes down to free throw shooting. You've got a Fordham team that ranks in the top 20 nationally in terms of free throw shooting percentage, 77.1% as a collective. I do think that you're going to have yourself a very tight game. I do think that Dayton pulls it off outright, but giving me between six and a half and seven points, I think is a mistake with a Fordham team that they do a tremendous job with just being able to run an efficient ship when it comes to their entire offense. And you take a look at really the Satan team. They were looking to play super duper slow and Fordham, they're able to play at any speed. They've shown the ability to be able to win in lower scoring games. They've showed the ability to be able to get the job done in a game that's a little bit more up-tempo. Dayton, 332nd in the country in terms of possessions per game. You've got a Fordham team that is more in the top 75 with this regard, and big-time spot for Fordham. Currently, they lead the Atlantic 10 in amount of straight-up wins, mainly because this Atlantic 10 has been one of the biggest disappointments of anything we've seen in college basketball this year. They're doomed to be a one-bit league, it seems, at this point. So that's not too great. And Dayton, they were voted number one in the preseason in the Atlantic 10 uh, poll that was voted on by the media. I'm sure that Fordham takes a look at this and thinks that it's a big-time opportunity, and it's hard to go into the remote part of New York and be able to get a W. So it's a circumstance where my write-up, it is going to be on the Fordham Rams getting between 6.5 and 7, depending upon your book, and with this total, I'm going to be willing to go under as well. We're currently seeing it mostly at a 129.5 to a 130. I set my total more around about a 129.5 to a 130. So at 130 or higher, it is going to be a take on the under. If we can get back down to 129, that'll be my buy point on the over. And when it comes to Fordham, I'm going to be willing to take the points with them, and that'll be the write-up. How about if we take a look at an SEC matchup? This is 621-622 on the board. You've got LSU, and they're going to be playing us a Florida. Florida is a favorite of one to one and a half points in most spots. Where I sit here at Circa, you're actually finding this as a pick'em game. Your total on this game is anywhere between 138 and a half and 139. And with LSU, I made them the two-point favorite. Just like it's really hard to get wins in the Big Ten, it's really hard to get wins on the road when it comes to the SEC. As LSU, they've got an amazing home environment. And what I really like about Matt McMahon is that as the new coach of LSU, he needed to completely redo his roster. The lone guy that came back that is able to give you significant production for this team is Adam Miller, and he missed all of last year due to injury. He went out and he decided, you know what? We should go with something familiar. Like, oh, I don't know, my guy's over at Murray State. Justice Hill has done a good job of being efficient with the ball for this LSU team. K.J. Williams, he's averaging nearly 19 points per game, shooting over 40% for three. He's a ten, nice combo player that chips in their eight rebounds per game, and You've also got Trey Annabelle. He doesn't necessarily stand out from the stat sheet. He only gives you right around five to six points, few rebounds per game, but does a good job generating a little bit over a seal per game. Very good defender for an LSU team that they're in the top 55 nationally. He turns points a lot on a per-possession basis. Credit where credit is due. Florida, they've been able to ascend in the top 50 as well. Biggest reason why is Colin Castleton. Colin Castleton has been absolutely on one recently with his shot blocking. I believe that he's got 18 block shots in the last three games. He has been incredible. For the team, he's able to chip in there, seven rebounds. He gives you 15-plus points per game. Everyone else on Florida, 10.5 points or fewer. It's a whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Approach from there, Alex Fudge gives you eight points, five rebounds. He's able to bury a few threes. But I do think that this LSU team is very live in this game, and I do think that they should be able to get it done. It's a very hard home environment to go into. And with Florida, they've been a bit intriguing with the way that they have been alternating really – Good and, shall we say, terrible results in terms of their offense because 
with Florida, it feels like they're either getting to 80 or they're getting L below 65. There's not a whole lot of in-between there. And this is an LSU defense that may be able to tighten up the screws a little bit as they may be able to give up 69 points or fewer in four out of their last five games. Meanwhile, you've got a Florida offense that they're coming off of scoring 80-plus points in two out of their last five games. And in between, they scored 58, 53, and 63. Now, there's an explanation for their lull of offense. Those three games, they came against Oklahoma, Auburn, Texas A&M. A very slow and controlled team in Oklahoma. An Auburn team that just bears down on defense. And the Texas A&M game was just a little bit of a clunker from them. We're going to call it what it is. But I do think that things are going to be a little bit more up-tempo. Neither of these teams are super-duper slow. You do have an LCU bunch that they're more around 250th in the country in terms of possessions per game. Florida, though, they're a top 88 team in terms of possessions per game. They're right around 86th. They can be sped up a little bit more, so I do think that that is going to be coming into play here. That is why I did set my total on 142, so in this circumstance, I am going to be willing to go with this total over. We have seen LSU regress just a tad with their defense from the beginning part of the season, so I want to go over there, and with LSU, made them the two-point favorites. I'm going to be taking a look at them as a pick'em slash outright on the money line. We're going to go very briefly here with Toledo and Kent State. This is 625-626. Kent State is the three-and-a-half to a four-point favorite. John's game is hanging between 153 and a half and 154. And I'll have this game a little bit later if time allows. But with Kent State, I'm going to be willing to lay the number. I made them more of a five-point favorite. This is a classic good defense versus really good offense sort of scenario. Kent State, they're a top 20 team in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. In terms of turnovers forced on the per-possession basis, they have done a great job there. Toledo does a great job taking care of the ball, but I think that great defense beats great offense, which is why I am on Kent State in this spot. And coming up next, we're going to be continuing our chatter of college basketball. Daniel Ovar, he does great work here at the network, and that is up next on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and the bets are moving for every single game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes. That way, you are able to see all the changes in the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match up with the public opinion. You're able to check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way that VEASAN is here year-round to make you a smarter better. So check out today's betting splits for every single game now at VEASAN.com. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Great to be joined by Danielle Avari. She does great work here at the network. She does great work with DraftKings. If you ever attend a UCLA football or basketball game, you're probably hearing her great tones in stadium as well. And Danielle, it's always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Greg. I know it's the time of year where I start to get really sick and worried that I'm going to lose my voice, but we made it through the SC game, both the men's and the women's, so at least we're there. Absolutely, we are there, and unfortunately, we're not going to be there with some Pac-12 action on Tuesday. This one is set Mm -hmm. aside a little bit more for the Big Ten and the Big 12, and I am a gentleman from the great state of Wisconsin. Now that we're on in Sports Map Radio as well, we're on in my home state of Wisconsin in a few stations, so gotta give the people what they want in Wisconsin versus Michigan State. This opened up with Wisconsin being about a point, point and a half favorite. Now they're a two-point underdog. Total on this game is 125 and a half. Very easy to decipher why this line has moved. The health of Tyler Wall and him being most likely a out of this game. I'm going to call it what it is. He's listed as questionable. I don't think that he plays in this game, but where do you stand on this? Because even without him, it's going to be tough for Michigan State to be able to get the W. 
Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. I mean, Tyler Wall, is he worth three and a half points to this spread? Because now we're seeing Wisconsin getting two points at home. I'm not sure. I'm not convinced. Now, I don't like to stand in front of a moving train. Michigan State's been doing incredible. They've won six straight. They're five and one ATS in their last six games, but one and one on the road. And to your point, let's talk about the Tyler Wall injury. He has the ankle injury. He didn't practice on Monday today, and he's really a huge missing piece for them. He's got experience, tough defense, and he's easily their most versatile scorer. And we saw that in their most recent loss. He's only missed two games in the last two seasons. Wisconsin lost both of them recently, Saturday at Illinois and last season at home to Michigan State. So we hope, of course, that history doesn't repeat itself here. I think that Wisconsin can get this done. Let's talk about at home again. They win by an average of 10 and a half points and they hold teams under 44% shooting. I think this will be a very tough environment for Michigan state. Uh, and also if Wisconsin, Wisconsin can get Chucky Hepburn going again from deep, I think that should do it for them on the offensive side. I'm going to take two with the Badgers as home dogs, even without their defensive wall. I absolutely love it. I'm on Wisconsin outright, even without Tyler wall. I think that they get the job done and, I don't think that we're going to see a similar defensive performance where they allowed Illinois to shoot over 50% from three-point range in their last game, which turned out to be a big difference. How about if we go to the Big 12 now with Oklahoma State and Kansas State? Kansas State, a five-point favorite. Tallinn's game is between 138 and 138.5. I will go out on a limb because Kansas State is averaging about 108 points in their last two games and say that they score a little bit less than 108 points here. And Uh, If they get past 100 once again, I'll just eat my hat on that. But I said, where do you stand on this one? Because Oklahoma State, we saw them because Kansas State had played against Texas in the previous game. Texas gave up those 116. And Oklahoma State lost while while giving up 58 points in that game. So one of the most hilarious, I guess you could call it reversals in terms of the total, as both of these teams are just complete opposites right now. Yeah, I mean, two... Oklahoma State's credit, this is going to be the toughest defense that Kansas State has had to face so far. This is number 11 defensive efficiency on Ken Palm right now. Kansas State, again, toughest one they'll face so far. I think people liked Kansas State in this spot because it opened at three and a half. Now it's up to five. Uh, Last time these two teams faced off was actually last February. Oklahoma State won 82 to 79 in overtime. And if we look at Kansas State recently, they've covered three straight. They've won eight in a row two in overtime. So like, I'm not a person who goes and bets. Will this game go to overtime regularly, but it would be fun to have one on this game in case it does go to overtime. And maybe you're getting at eight to one or 10 to one, something fun like that. Um, But Kansas state, I mean, these overtime games were versus West Virginia and at Baylor. Their last loss was in November at Butler. They're undefeated at home this season. So you can see why people are liking Kansas state here. I like them as well. I liked it better at three and a half, obviously, but there may be a live opportunity to your point about their crazy offense, averaging nearly 80 points per game, but most recently closer to the hundreds. I see this going over 138, despite Oklahoma state's defense. Uh, Now Oklahoma state's games have only gone over 138 once in their past 10 games, but I don't think they've seen an offense quite like this one just yet. Um, also, I think Kansas State's defense is going to be a less tough opponent, obviously, than Texas and some of the other teams that Oklahoma State has faced recently. So over 138 might be possible. Uh, we've seen overs from Oklahoma State at Virginia Tech, at UConn, at Oakland. You can see all on the road as they are in this matchup. Uh, and Kansas State, by the way, four straight games over 138, no problem. So. I think despite this Oklahoma State defense, we're going to see over 138. And I do think that Kansas State can cover this minus five, but I don't love it as much as that three and a half. And a big note in this game as well for Oklahoma State and really that total as well. Musa Cisse, he missed the last game due to an injury. They were fine down low without him, but still 
something you want to take into account when you're missing a guy that averages two and a half blocks per game, limited on offense, but tremendous on defense. That can be big in terms of his total as well. And something else that is big, wild card weekend, as I know that you're taking a look at the teams from the great state of California that are going to be playing in terms of this great weekend. Let's start off first with the early game on Saturday. That would be the Seattle Seahawks. They're in the road. They're facing off against the San Francisco 49ers with the 49ers, a 10-point favorite. This, to me, feels like it's starting to get a little bit elevated because we saw this line being two touchdowns when they were playing against the Arizona Cardinals. And not sure about you, but I think that the Arizona Cardinals are more than four points worse than the Seattle Seahawks, though the Seahawks have not been too great recently. Where do you stand on this game? Because I do think that the 49ers get it done. I think that they're going to be on for the next round. But knocking off a team three straight times, covering three straight times as well, Mm -hmm. that is a difficult feat. Yeah, I agree. Now, to the Niners' credit, they have momentum. They've won 10 in a row. They've scored at least 31 points in seven of those 10 games. Uh, And since week eight, really, they've had the best offense and best defense, at least by EPA per play. So lots to like on the Niners' side of things. Not so much on the Seahawks, who obviously just slid into the playoffs thanks to the Lions, really. They did beat the Jets and the Rams at the end, but really just limping to the finish line, eliminated from playoff Rams team. So still finished nine and eight. I think Geno Smith has surprised us all this season. He obviously set records in just about every category, right? Franchise records and attempts, completions, yards, completion percentage. So maybe he can keep uh, pulling some rabbits out of his hat here. But I think nevertheless, that offense on its best day can't make up for a bottom five defense for Seattle. And also the Niners defense is going to overwhelm them. Seattle only scored 20 points in the last two games against the 49ers. I don't see it going much better for them. So I do look to the 49ers minus 10 here, and I wouldn't be shocked if this moves up a little bit more. But as much as I hate fours, I hate the number four in betting, obviously, and it's not a long teaser. Maybe you'll get some people teasing this down to Niners minus four in a six-point teaser. Yep, I would not necessarily blame them there either just because when you are getting the 10 in a postseason game, these mm-hmm. are the most important games of the year. And to your point, Geno Smith, man, he did not look great in those last few games of the season mm-hmm. as well. So that is really hurting the Seattle Seahawks. Lone trepidation I have is just being able to win and cover three straight times because I'm, I'm with you. I think that the 49ers, they are clearly the better team and they come in in much better form. Too bad we couldn't get the Packers and or the Lions in this playoff because I do think that it would have been a little bit closer. But we got what we got, and, well, we got what we got in terms of this Chargers versus Jaguars game. We were seeing yeah. the Chargers get healthier and healthier as the season went along, and then Brandon Saley decided to play his guys week 18, and that was mm-hmm. not so great, to say the least. We've been seeing quite a bit of movement with this line. Now we're seeing in a lot of places a pick to the Chargers being a one-point favorite and a total of 47.5. Where do you stand on this game? Because... For the Chargers, they're looking for revenge after they got thumped in their home stadium by the Jaguars a little bit earlier this season. And the Jags, they would love nothing more than to duplicate that performance. So I'm going back and forth on this game, which explains why it's moving towards a pick here. Because again, no matter what the Chargers did in week 18, they were locked into a number five seed in the AFC playoffs. And nevertheless, Coach Staley is going to play them through three quarters. Uh, Mike Williams, Joy Bosa, Kenneth Murray, all looking banged up for that. But sure, that that was a good decision. And that really is where my issue lies because I do lean Chargers here, minus one. Not happy about it, but I'm worried if Staley's going to be at the helm making bad decisions, which is what we've unfortunately had to uh, worry about with him over the last two seasons. Now, the Jags just punched their ticket, come from behind win over the Titans, only 19 to 16. And Trevor Lawrence has been struggling in the red zone a little bit. And the Chargers pass defense has been trending upward. So again, I lean Chargers here. 
Uh, they did lose to the Jags in week 18, 38 to 10. Never, never forget that. But they also won eight of their past nine games before that. Uh, I'm nervous with this Chargers team here, but I think that if you're looking at the talent sides here, I think the Chargers should be able to get this done. I'm worried about Staley. Yep, and I'm also worried about the curse of 60 minutes because whenever a game goes into the final commercial break, they always say, and 60 minutes is coming up everywhere except for on the <laughs> West Coast. That seems to be the cue every single time for the Chargers to do something absolutely idiotic. I have no idea yes. how. I have no idea why. This is not scientifically driven or anything like that, but it just seems to always happen. Just like whenever you happen to join the show, Danielle, you lend, lend great insights. You do amazing work here at Bad the network. As well. You do yeah. great work over there at UCLA. I always do appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Greg. Always great to have Danielle Avari aboard. And coming in next, we're going to be taking a look at some Big 12 hoops right here on the Great Peterson Experience. I'm Vincent, the Sports Bank Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Watch football with a little bit more on the line by playing for free in the Guinness Time Challenge. Just visit DraftKings.com slash Guinness, set your lineup, and watch the action unfold as you compete for your share of $115,000 all season long. Guinness made a more. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions, they do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Going to be hitting upon a little bit more uh, Big 12 college basketball in hour number three. We've got a big one between Iowa State and also we're going to be having in that game, I believe, Texas Tech as well. So we're going to hit that in hour number three. But here in hour number two, we've got to take a look at some more NFL and we got to take a look at the futures market as we're joined by Jason Weingarten. Does a great job with the wide world of Weingarten podcast here at the network and Jason, it's always great to have you aboard. Thank you. For having me on. Nice to talk to you. Great to talk to you. And Jason, what did you make out of everything that we saw in week 18 to be able to get the playoff picture that we do? Because I would argue that the Seattle Seahawks getting in in terms of that seven spot in the NFC does cause for a little bit less drama in terms of what we're going to be seeing in the wildcard matchup between they and the San Francisco 49ers would have liked to see the Lions and or the Packers be able to get that spot in. In general, I do think that we've got a couple of intriguing matchups, but matchups to where I do think that Chalk should be able to get to the next round. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm a little disappointed that, that Green Bay didn't get through. I had kind of already just assumed that they were going to get in, and I was looking forward to getting points with Aaron Rodgers against, uh, you know, Brock Purdy, a seventh-round rookie quarterback. Instead, we're getting 10 points with Seattle, um, you know, playing playing the 49ers for the third time this season. So uh, I love the 10. I think that's a great bet. It's not an exciting bet. It's not a fun bet, but the, the same situation applies. You're still getting 10 points with, uh, you know, or, or against a rookie quarterback. I'm, I'm happy to take that in a playoff game. Yep, and this is such an intriguing spot as well with the Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers because I look at the 49ers and no question, they're a little bit more of a well-rounded team, but the reason why I have not been able to fire in on this game quite yet is because it's very difficult to knock off a team three times. And first few times around, the 49ers, they were able to cover and cover quite easily in both of those games. How much do you take that into account with your handicapping just the fact that we do have a team that is going, or we've got a pair of teams, they're going to be matching up three times. And that's something that it just sits in my head, whether it's football, basketball, what have you. And 
it's always something that I have to take into account. Yeah, I mean, situationally, it's pretty important. And, you know, uh, at, least, at least since I've been tracking it, uh, you know, when you're getting uh, a team playing another team for the third time, uh, it's usually a pretty good situation, especially when you're catching 10 points. So I'm happy to bet Seattle here. It's one of my one of the early bets I made this, for this weekend. No question about it. And just in terms of the playoffs in general, this is for both the wild card round and just the entirety of it. How much do you take a look at recent form and the way that teams come in? Like we're, for instance, seeing the Jacksonville Jaguars going up against the Chargers and the Jaguars are as hot as lava right now. They started out the year ice cold. They had to go on a big run in order to get into the playoffs. Meanwhile, on the flip side of things, you've got a Dallas Cowboys team that they've looked absolutely pathetic coming into the playoffs. Sure, they were able to get the job done in a few of those games, like against the Houston Texans, but they have not looked good at all. How much do you take recent form into account when it comes to these wildcard matchups and beyond? Form is important, but what's more important than form is health. So, you know, uh, like a, a, the Eagles losing Lane Johnson was kind of a big deal. Uh, losing losing starting tackles, losing key you know defensive backs this late in the season. There's certain injuries that you know I'm I'm much more concerned with than others. And a lot of winning in the playoffs is just being healthy at the right time or getting healthy at the right time. So you know a team like the Eagles to me is kind of trending down a bit with the overall health of their team going into the playoffs. Yeah, with the Philadelphia Eagles, I do think that it was very important that they were able to get that bye week because without it, who knows what would have happened. And if they wouldn't have gotten the bye week, man, you could have seen the Cowboys be able to get the one seed. They blew that opportunity against the Washington Commanders. So obviously that was not going to be the case in terms of the division. But man, I do take a look at that Philadelphia Eagles team. And I just think that they're in a little bit of worse form right now than the Kansas City Chiefs. Is this a spot where you just take a look at the 49ers as being that top team in the NFC right now? Because, in my opinion, they're the main competitor to the Philadelphia Eagles. And then at number three, it just really gets to be quite murky. Yeah, you know, the 49ers are the best team uh, in the NFC. You know, you can argue the Eagles or whatever, you know, your opinion is between those two. But the matter of fact is that they're starting a rookie seventh-round quarterback and the the, the, the games they played down the stretch, no offense to, to Brock Purdy, and I think he has looked pretty pretty good, and, you know, the win against Miami. And, uh, you know, just, just when you end up playing the Raiders and the Cardinals and some of these teams, I think the fact that the 49ers are 10-0 and since they got Christian McCaffrey, that they have an elite defense, you know, everything around Purdy is, is pretty elite. But it just worries me that, that this is a seventh round quarterback and he hasn't, he hasn't yet faltered and, you know, sooner or later he's going to have a bad game. And it, it's, it wouldn't surprise me if it happened in, in, you know, early in the playoffs. Yep. I do think that that is something important to take a look at. And who do you think might be the biggest competitor outside of those main two in terms of the Eagles and the 49ers? Because I just take a look at the form that the Cowboys are in and I do not trust them at all. And, well, being from the great state of Wisconsin, Mike McCarthy, I just have zero faith in him whatsoever. That is what it is. And with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they have Tom Brady, but they're very aging. And then I just take a look at this Giants versus Minnesota Vikings game, and I'm not really impressed by either of those two teams either. I like the Giants here. Uh, I know they lost to the Vikings earlier in the season, but 
I, I think that the Giants get to get three points in a rematch here. And I don't think the Vikings are that special. I think they, uh, they're one of the luckiest teams in recent memory. And I just can't get behind their defense. So, um, you know, I'm looking to fade them here. I'm happy to take Giants plus three. That's, that's one of my other bets for, for this weekend. I don't blame you there because with the Minnesota Vikings, they've just pulled out so many of these one score games and it doesn't even need to be the Vikings exclusively. But what do you make out of some of these teams that they keep pulling out these close games? Because we just saw it on the college side of things. Matter of fact, a few hours ago, TCU, a team that they just time and time again were pulling out those close games and they just got thumped by the Georgia Bulldogs. Do you take a look at this as a case of sort of being like what we saw with TCU, or do you think that we need to give a little bit more credit than what has been given thus far to the Minnesota Vikings? Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I, I think the Vikings have, have some pretty good pieces and they've done some good things this year, but their defense is, is not a playoff winning defense. And they, they might win uh, a game. They might, they might beat the Giants or get lucky, but I'd be shocked if, if they're around in another week. Like, this is a team that I'll, if they win, I'll just fade them again. And if they win, I'll fade them in the NFC Championship game. And, you know, prove me wrong, I guess. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very down on, on the, the Vikings overall. I think TCU, TCU is a Big 12 team. So, you know, Big 12 football just doesn't match up to when you're playing the top of the SEC. And, you know, they, they wanted Georgia and they got Georgia. Now, now you know, you know, like, that was all there was to it tonight. Yep, they got Georgia, and they got a 58-point differential in the championship game as well. And, well, there are a lot of people that they want to face off against Tom Brady this year because let's call it what it is. He's a 45-year-old quarterback, but I don't know if you've done anything with this Cowboys versus Buccaneers game, but I just can't get behind the Dallas Cowboys in terms of their current form. I also really don't want to be backing this Buccaneers team either. This is a line of between two and a half and three with the Dallas Cowboys being the road favorite. What's your overall outlook on this game? Because I see one team in the Dallas Cowboys coming in in worse form than darn near any other team in the playoffs and a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that they just look the worst of any team that has come into the playoffs because, well, they've got the worst record of any team that was able to make the playoffs. You know, the, the thing about both of these teams, the, the Cowboys and the Bucks, is they both have such wide range of outcomes that if, if either one of these teams got blown out in the wild card round, it wouldn't surprise me. And if one of these teams made the Super Bowl, it wouldn't surprise me. It's Tom Brady. It's, it's you know, like, I, I know how bad he's been this year. I've watched all those games, and you still, you're afraid to bet against them because you know, you know, once it's playoff time, he's he's going to come and, He's just going to beat you late in one of these games. And, you know, the Cowboys are the Cowboys. They're, they're not a fun team to, to bet on, but, but their offense is, is quite good. And Mike McCarthy, like you said, do you have any faith in Mike McCarthy? I, I don't. Like, I don't want to bet on him. Oh, boy. Being someone that grew up 45 minutes away from Lambeau Field, tell you right now, don't have the fondest opinion of Mike McCarthy. So we're in locks up there. And when it comes to the AFC side of things, we got a lot of quarterback questions there, and Jason Weingarten, he does a great job with the podcast, The Wide World of Weingarten. He does a great job with the futures market as well. So we're going to be talking about that with Jason on the flip side here on the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sports Betting Network. Start the new year of 2022 off right with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. You're home for the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, or basketball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. 
Join us every week for new promotions like Tuesday Hockey for School Insurance, Sunday Football Parlay Insurance, and so much more as it is a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Great to be rejoined by Jason Weingarten. He does a great job with the podcast, The Wide World of Weingarten, here at VEASAN. And Jason, before we dive into more of these AFC matchups, as we've really dove into a lot of the NFC matchups in the last segment, are there any futures that you might be eyeing in terms of the playoffs? Because I know that you did a great job taking a look at a lot of the awards during the regular season, being able to find some value with some teams like the Seattle Seahawks that might be able to overachieve during the regular season. But anything that you might be taking a look at for the, whether it be wild card round or just the entirety of the NFL playoffs? Well, I wanted to bet some Seahawks stuff, but instead of betting more Seahawks futures, I just took the 10 points in the, uh, in the wild card round. I think with a lot of the the games or a lot of the teams I want to back, like the Giants, for example, like I'm I'm happy to take the three points in the the wild card game instead of betting a future. I can always reassess if any of these teams get out of the wild card round. But for a lot of the dogs that I like this week, I'm uh I'm happy to uh to just back them as a single game bet. Uh, the, the one team I do like slightly is the Jaguars. I think, you know, crazy things happen. And if if something crazy were to happen, the Jaguars have, have a good quarterback. And good quarterback play is just kind of one of the, the key things you need in the playoffs. So they, 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 got, they, got, they got some nice pieces. Yeah, we'll dive into that game in a minute because I – do you think that the way that Mr. Brandon Staley handled his roster on Sunday was not necessarily the world's greatest, and that is going to be putting the Chargers behind the eight ball a little bit, but we brought this up on the show yesterday as David Baker, professional poker player and the 2020 Westgate Super Contest champion, was joining me, and he brought up a little bit of an angle of if you think that an AFC team is going to be able to win the – if you th- – think that you've got a good read on an AFC team to be able to win the conference like for example the Chiefs the Bills you're able to go down the list because the differential is pretty much two to one so for example the Buffalo Bills they're two to one to be able to win the conference and they're four to one to win the Super Bowl just take them to win the Super Bowl because the NFC is just a little bit weaker with regards to their teams is that something that you'd maybe encourage people to do because I do take a look at that angle and I do think that that would be a good way to be able to get the maximum bang for a buck. One of the things I like to do is you get the Super Bowl exact matchups, um, which there's Super Bowl exactas, which you have to pick the winner. And then there's matchups, you know, where you just have to pick what the matchup is. And depending on, on who has what and what prices you can get at this point, if there's a certain team I like, Typically, I'll try to find a exact matchup or an exact sort of future um, for the Bills. Bills, for example, if you like the Bills, they're like three and a half, four to one to win the Super Bowl. But if you like the Bills to beat the 49ers, it's like 12 to one. So, you know, if, if you're if you want to kind of narrow it down to, to a couple of the favorites, but you're really convinced that a certain team's going to win, you can get a lot of value with that. Uh, shopping these these futures at this point i think that that is such good advice because being able to maximize the futures market i think is very very important and not leaving money on the table and at the same time i've talked about this a little bit as well if you're feeling a little bit 
like you have a good read on a team that they're going to have a little bit of a tough road. You could probably get a little bit more on a money line rollover if Chalk holds the form as well, rather than taking a look at one of these futures as well. So lots of different ways to be able to slice it right now in terms of the NFL playoff futures. And Jason, I know that you've just brought up the Jaguars versus Chargers game. And in a lot of spots, you're finding the Chargers between a pick to a one-point favorite. How do you view this matchup? Because I do think that with the Chargers, they're hurt greatly if Mike Williams is not playing this game. And I take a look at the last time these two teams played, the Chargers got completely thumped at home. So you're able to make a case for both things in which the Chargers are able to get revenge. At the same time, the Jags have the Chargers number. Yeah, this is this is a really good matchup for getting getting Lawrence versus Herbert in a, a wild card game is pretty fun. Um, especially coming off that blowout that you mentioned earlier this season. So even even seeing that they're one point favorites on the road with the injuries, it's it's you know, everything's leaning towards the Chargers here. It's just it's sort of like you said, Brandon Staley like He's just so inconsistent in his game management and his personnel management. And, you know, you expect some growing pains with a young coach, but, but a lot of the stuff he's doing, like you mentioned, the playing the starters late, um, it just kind of baffled me. And in Denver, no less, you know, playing these guys at altitude the week before a playoff game, like I, I really want to know what he was thinking. Um, that That sort of makes me a little more hesitant to back the chargers because initially I really wanted to back the chargers here. It just, you know, uh, Staley is just not, not doing it for me. Yeah, no, I do not blame you there. Mr. Brandon Staley has not made a lot of great decisions over his tenure with the chargers. So I completely agree with you there. And then when it comes to the other AFC matchups, there's lots of quarterback questions right now with the Baltimore Ravens. Are they actually going to be having Lamar Jackson out there or not for the Miami Dolphins? The very obvious question is, Tua, what is going to be happening on that front? As a result, right now, we've got the Bengals as a six and a half point favorite across the board and the Buffalo Bills. They're finding themselves anywhere between 10 and a half and 11 point favorites against the Miami Dolphins. How do you approach these two games? Because I think that is really hard to fire in on both of these games if you're left out there in the cold. Meanwhile, if you think that the Miami Dolphins are going to have Tua, I would say now is a perfect time to bet them. And same goes for the Baltimore Ravens with Lamar Jackson. And I do think that if you are thinking that these two teams are going to be without their star quarterbacks, now might be the best time to jump in on the Bengals and the Buffalo Bills, the two favorites. Yeah, I can't imagine Tua is going to get cleared after three concussions. It would, it would surprise me if he did. It, it's not impossible, but but you really think with with the concussion, you know, the, the NFL pretending to care about concussions and everything, but three should should get you sat sat down for you know the extended period of time. But I don't know. I you know wouldn't would also not surprise me if if they kind of got to a ready to play or tried to get them ready to play. So uh, that game, I just, I kind of lean Buffalo assuming that, that there's no Tua in the lineup. The, uh, the other games, um, I don't know. I, I don't really have uh, much of an opinion on the other games. I, I really do think Buffalo is, is the right side here, even though it's double digits at this point. I don't blame you there because with the Buffalo Bills last time they played against Miami, they had a little bit of a tough time with it. But if you get Skylar Thompson once again, you got Skylar Thompson going up against Josh Allen. And 
and it's not a place where you want to be. And this goes a little bit beyond football, but how much of a boost do you think the Buffalo Bills get from this just Lamar Hamlin story in general? It was a tragic one when I was on the air about a week or so ago. Lamar or Mr. Demar Hamlin has been able to get significantly healthier. Things are going very well on that front. Is it something to where you give the Bills maybe a little bit of an extra boost when you take a look at them? Because this is just an unprecedented situation and you got to feel like this team is riding just a wave of momentum as a result. I don't give them a boost just because if I start giving them a boost, it, it sort of just becomes somewhat arbitrary. Well, you know, how much am I going to give them a boost and how long does it last? You know, that does it carry over from, from last week to this week? I don't, I don't have answers to, to that stuff, so I just don't really give them a boost. But I think overall they're they're a really good team, and you know the the neutral the neutral uh, AFC Championship game potential changes a lot of things. I'm uh, not really thrilled with that because I think you know home games in January, cold weather games are you know a, a bonus for potentially getting the number one seed if you're Kansas. Kansas city or Buffalo or, you know, whatever team is a cold weather team and ends up winning. Um, so taking that away is kind of disappointing, but um, you know, all these teams have a, a pretty, pretty reasonable path to path to the super bowl. And when you consider that even a great team like Kansas city lost to the Colts this year, I think anything can happen in this, this AFC playoff bracket. Yep. I do agree with you. And I do think that, going to be really interesting to see the way that the AFC shakes out and a little bit of a pro tip here on the way out vcin.com slash subscribe for all these we've been mentioning it a lot with Jason in these last few segments what happened in the previous matchup take that into account when taking a look at these playoff matchups as it is very also difficult for a team to be able to win three times we're going to be seeing that go down with the 49ers and the Seahawks and Jason I know that you do a great job with your podcast the wide world of flying garden podcast always a pleasure having you aboard on the Greg Peterson experience thank you thanks for having me always fun to talk to you always great to have Jason aboard and coming up next year on the Greg Peterson experience we take a look at Texas Tech Iowa State here on Visa, the Sports Bank Network MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.